Hello there Waterloo Road fans, it's Tom here, your podcast host, just popping in before we get started to tell you about our Patreon page, which is of course a subscription page where you can get access to exclusive extra content from us, including our Waterloo Road awards, extended versions of all of our cast member interviews, our looks back at particular characters, and our reviews of other school-based TV shows. We have finally finished Britannia High. Our look at the last episode has gone live on the Patreon this week. And you can listen, of course, to all nine of our Britannia High episodes if you sign up via patreon.com slash Pod. And I would like to thank those of you who have already signed up to the Patreon. So thank you to Georgia Leah, who is the Avocado Bath on both Instagram and TikTok. Thank you to Emily Berry, to Lucy, to Eliza, who is at WaterlooXRoad underscore on Instagram. Thank you to Joe Buckle, to Sarah Mython, to Eve, to Natalie, who is at Natalie the Book Reader on Instagram. Thank you to Tom Percival, to Matthew Kumar, to Hannah Louise, who would like to shout out NHS Mental Health Services. Thank you to Dylan Gover, who is at Dylan S. Gover on TikTok. Thank you to Mel, to Maddie, to Claudia Graham, and finally to Lottie Smith. All of you, your continued support, much appreciated. And if you listening now would like to join that list of shout outs, all you need to do is go to patreon.com slash Pod. And now, without any further ado, let's get on with this week's podcast. And welcome to another episode of Everything From Nothing, the Waterloo Road podcast. I am Tom Beasley, your host and Waterloo Road super fan, joined as ever by Luke Stevenson, who has already told me how much he loved this episode and how it might be the best hour of television he's ever watched. I'll lift, I'll lift the curtain for the for the dear listeners. We usually watch two episodes at a time. We record two episodes at a time. Tonight, we're doing one episode. One, because of the very unusual thing of going for a drink after work, <laughs> um, which delayed us somewhat. But also, I couldn't bring myself to watch the second episode <laughs> after this hour of television. I couldn't, so I was, when I was at a drink, I was trying to tell the person I work with where the show currently is. Oh, you were talking about I was talking. I was talking about, I am always, I am always selling, Tom. <laughs> that Patreon would pay for itself. Um, the, and I tried to explain the fact that we still get lots of very intimate scenes between a teenager and an adult and not a scene between the two gay yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that still upset, is annoying me. But also, in this episode, there's lots of earnest use of the word segregation. <laughs> yes. It's a running theme in this series. It's just... But it's like, if you want a policy to work, don't give it the ugliest sounding <laughs> name. Yes. Say... Single sex schooling, <laughs> single sex streams, something like that. Yeah. But they just call like you're never behind my segregation policy. That's because it's called segregation. <laughs> if it's only not if the only knowledgeable association of it is with the old South in America, yeah. Yeah. you know, if it if your name for a policy is something Martin Luther King marched to stop, <laughs> yeah, probably don't do it. You've got the wrong name for your policy. Yeah. Karen's doing more questionable things. As this episode begins, tell me if I'm wrong here. Is he prevent? Is Karen preventing her son from seeing his dad until he achieves a certain level of educational attainment? 
I, I think the, the vibe is that he's not being well behaved. It's like, it's a kind of a mixture of yes, both. But seeing your parents should not be a reward for good behaviour. I agree, especially if Bex, the two year runaway. He's yeah, allowed to just hop on the train to London. Yeah, because there's no. You should, well, she's good at hopping on trains, we know that. She's very good at that. Um, but yeah, Karen's not a good mum. No, like. I couldn't believe that that was the, the show. Reason. The show keeps wanting us to be sympathetic, but I think the fact that if you had one child who ran away for two years, one child who is now acting out, and another, you know, after your husband left you, and the other child was, you know, qu- quite free yeah. with who she spent her time with in the summer before she turned seventeen, yeah. then I think that reflects somewhat on your mothering. I mean, far be it for me to be on the same side of a debate as Jeremy Kyle. But I believe, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> but I believe in almost all circumstances, parents should be allowed to see their children. Yes. <laughs> in like not almost all circumstances, like Charlie didn't hit his kids. Therefore, yes, you know, what I mean. it's not a reward. <laughs> But yeah, the notion that because Harry didn't do well in his midterm exams, because Harry stood up against her segregation policy <laughs> by not doing well, Harry, you're post segregation, you can't see your father. Yeah. At some point, Harry, Harry just needs to go. You're segregating me from my dad, and she'll be like, <gasps> Yeah, it's, it's an all boys weekend, Mum. You love that. Um. So yeah, the school governors have sent Karen an email. They're unsatisfied about... Even I've called it the single sex thing here. I've not called it segregation. Because segregation is an <laughs> ugly word. I can't bring myself to write it, let alone say it. Karen, for some reason, decides to leave the house without her phone. Says, someone bring it to me. Is that the world's most 2011 moment? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. She didn't like, feel intense panic at the concept of not having... It's like, I'm, uh, I live in privilege because I'm a man and therefore I have yeah. pockets. But I will... You'll see me if, as I'm leaving the house, I'm walking down the street as I'm anywhere. I'll smack my right pocket, my left pocket, yeah. my back pocket. Yeah. That's where I have my wallet, my phone and my keys. Yeah. And I know as long as I have all those three things... I'm relatively fine against all circumstances. The thing with this specific scenario, though, is Karen says, I can't find my phone. Can someone bring it for me? Jess says, oh, I'm going to ring it now. Jess and Bex then leave at the exact same time that Karen does. Neither of them present her with her phone. She then doesn't know where her phone is for the rest of the day. It it doesn't take Agatha Christie. (laughs) A lot of this episode... Like, the main plot of this episode ends in the first 15 minutes, <laughs> unless Karen says something absolutely nonsensical. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's yeah. so thin. Um, so yeah, Harry steals the phone, texts his dad to say, oh, I've changed my mind, you can have Harry at the weekend now. Um, at the school, they're having their morning meeting. Chris is very keen on segregation. Um, he says, the girls' results are up. That was never the point. <laughs> As Adana quite rightly says, <laughs> this was never about the girls. Um... But the scheme, as as in my experience, is so often the case when you want to motivate boys at school. <laughs> They've done a business and enterprise day. <laughs> I went, to, as we've talked about, I went to an all-boys school. I think I probably did seven or eight <laughs> business and enterprise days. I did many. <laughs> and now I run a Waterloo Road podcast, which I'm sure you all know is a successful business. It is business and enterprise. Please <laughs> subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> yes, please do. The thing is, like, I can't get my head around this here. So, trying to engage boys who don't agree, who don't respond to traditional teaching. Yes. If only there was a scheme 
by a previous head teacher, which targeted not just boys, but all students who struggled to engage with teaching and gave them skills for life. Mm-hmm. And what could that be called? <laughs> it's hard to say. Hard to say. Um, so Sam Kelly's back, which I like a lot. Yeah, she, she opens with Sambuca a lot. She keeps saying Sambuca, <laughs> as if people have forgotten oh, Yeah, her. it's like, she's been away a while. We need to remind the audience that she has a silly name. <laughs> um, she appears to have been brought back solely to act as a positive influence to Denzel, who, as far as we know, is not doing anything wrong, per se. No, segregation has, not, has apparently no. ruined him. <laughs> Very strange. So, yeah, Sam, Sam went to the Flick, hair, uh, Flick Miller hairstylings school. <laughs> we paused for you to do that again and you... It yeah, I know. I forgot what our last name was. It's great content. Great content. Look, if a blonde woman in Waterloo Road comes out turnt, I think that's a phrase the kids use, <laughs> then it has to be respected. I would Google that I've used turnt correctly. Like, oh, I have no idea whether that word is correct, offensive. <laughs> Under the influence of alcohol or drugs. <laughs> Nice. Man of the people. <laughs> Man of the people. Um, so, uh, Tom is assuring Josh that he's completely okay to come back to work. It's his first day back since all of the, the fighting and that. It wasn't so much of a fighting as the getting beaten. No, it was the getting beaten up. Mm. <laughs> but all it takes to send Tom into a day-long tailspin <laughs> is a drop call from Karen's phone. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair... As a millennial, I've never related to anything more. <laughs> I had a message from the person who does like all the tech stuff at work, and that means they do all of the all of your apps, everything, and they just messaged me, Luke, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, and I was, my whole life flashed before my eyes. <laughs> Turns out they just wanted to give me a new laptop. And yeah. I was, oh, results. But yes. in that moment, I was like, what, what have they found? Yeah. Um, so when Sam arrives back at the school, Finn is first to greet her. Have they ever interacted? I don't know, but it feels like they're building to something, aren't they? Have they? They may or may not be. I couldn't possibly say based on my subsequent knowledge of what happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't think they've ever interacted. No, but apparently she wants him. Because all of Sam's romantic interactions were with Bolton, who was older. Yeah, yeah. The previous bad boy. Yes, well, was he ever lead bad boy? Bolton, for a time, was bad, new bad boy jacket. Yeah, he was a bad boy. Was he, he wore, ever the bad boy? He wore the bad boy jacket. <laughs> and then was he... The, did he overlap with Finn? No. no, because he did overlap with Earl Kelly. Yes, Earl Kelly. Earl Kelly. But Earl Kelly wasn't in a bad boy jacket. Earl Kelly was a psychopath. <laughs> yes, I don't know. I don't know if he was ever the, uh, the, lead, the lead bad boy. So, yeah, Denzel's already unhappy about... Um, Sam, quote, bending his ear. Is that a phrase that 11-year-old boys use? Oh. <laughs> it is a phrase. I don't query it as a phrase. Oh, yeah, OK. <laughs> Earl, Earl, uh, sorry, um, Denzel is, of course, actually 46. Yes. Just because just he's still in year seven doesn't mean he has an age. Yes. <laughs> um, Sam immediately starts a fight with Amy. <laughs> it's just, like, it's so weird that they have this conversation to get indoors for her to do it in front of the teacher. Yes. Who, here's the other thing, the weird thing about this is everyone knows Amy planted drugs on Sam. Yeah. Everybody, the teacher knows it. Yeah. And the teacher still lectures Sam about her reaction (laughs) to it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Lauren's not pleased with Amy about the whole situation. Um, 
Back at everyone's favourite storyline, uh, Jonah wants to go to a fancy dinner place in Manchester with Cheska. My- Manchester? Manchester. Fantastic. It's right there, I didn't even spot it. <laughs> Um, the thing... one up from the flip melon material good 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 <laughs> I've got loads of these the standard's getting higher the standard's getting higher no, I've got loads from the dizzying lows where it began but we'll get there we'll get the, there the, my first note about this it happens outside when she's walking in she literally I can't describe it any better than this she literally just makes shag me eyes at a 17 year old boy yeah she does that a lot there isn't even kiss me lighting no, no. like I can forgive some kiss me lighting no. but she's just like in daylight yeah that's it it's, it's the harsh light of a February morning there's nothing romantic <laughs> about daylight it was it's... snowing two weeks ago <laughs> I... oh god it's just I don't know like I've never been a teacher, and as as thus, I've never had an affair with one of my 17-year-old students. I just feel like if I was... And this is not me protesting too much. I just feel like if I was caught in that circumstance, I would do everything in my power to go nowhere near them yes. throughout the entire working day. Yes. Um, so Jess goes to speak to her mum. She needs to miss dinner that evening so she can go and meet um, her new boyfriend, Ewan, who we, of course, know is Hodge. Um... Karen seems fine with this. Uh, Jess then bumps into Harry, who says, you know, how do you get what you want from mum? And uh, Jess says, oh, you just need to keep her sweet and then you can you can get what you want. Keep her sweet, like how four weeks ago it was revealed that she <laughs> slept with the head teacher and sacked deputy head teacher and covered it up for six months. Yeah, keep her sweet with things like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I also got notes about how um, Lauren is Josh in a skirt. Okay. Because she, again, she is just an accessory to evil. Yes. But because at the end of it, she goes, oh, I'm not sure about that, Amy. She watches I Amy see. do the things. She was an active participant in the drug plan. She encourages Amy to do the things. Yeah. And then after the fact, she goes, oh, that wasn't right. Yeah. And that's what Josh does. And they deserve each other, to be frank. Yeah. Um. So Karen pays a courtesy visit to Tom as a conscientious boss. Yes. Um, Tom is very aggressively lifting chairs off tables. Um, Karen wants him to help judge the business competition, which he reacts to like he's just been asked to do something unspeakably terrible. Can you go to a pub and fight a man? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, as opposed to, can you take the afternoon off teaching to sit in a hall and and listen to some naff business presentations? (laughs) Yeah, I like the idea um, that this was also the path to how Boris, Boris Johnson became Prime Minister. Because she goes, you can do this. He goes, I don't know anything about it. She goes, well, maybe you can offer a fresh perspective. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's okay at an ultimately meaningless school business conference. Yeah, in, in, a post, in a post-qualification world, I'm still, like, just pressed about the idea that I had... In, in a world where we've had enough of experts. Uh, I, just, I had to get a degree to be able to get a job. I don't have a job where I don't use my degree. <laughs> But I had to get my degree. Yeah. And this guy just had to turn up at his little business and enterprise things and be like, yeah, I'm probably going to punch George Samson. <laughs> so, uh, Harry has sent an email to Ruby pretending to be Karen saying that <laughs> Ruby needs to come and see her immediately because you're a terrible teacher. <laughs> and Ruby goes, oh, this this sounds like it's from Karen. <laughs> <laughs> at this point as well, we, we understand what Harry is doing by messing with the teachers. Yeah. Therefore, for those purists who remember last week's previously on, yeah. where it's like Cheska and Jonah are going to be found out, we know this immediately has zero consequences. <laughs> and it doesn't really put their relationship in it. It just doesn't... It does no. nothing for no. the... 
We just we, we spent half a series watching a teacher try to cover up the sex they've had with a child. Yeah. And now we're doing it again, only this time the teacher wants to keep actively participating in it. Yes. What, what are they going to be doing by the next half series? And, and, and this teacher is portrayed more sympathetically. Yeah! <laughs> than the teacher who never wanted to do it again as soon as he found out what had happened. I know, we were quite harsh on Chris when it was all revealed, and I think rightly so. Cheska's just a monster. Maybe that's what this is. Maybe this is to get us to like Chris again. Yeah. I, I love the idea when this all comes out. Like, Cheska is thrown off of sight. Karen and Chris are just sat head in hand in, the, in, a, uh, in Karen's office. At Waterloo Road. And Chris goes, well, I didn't know my one was a student. <laughs> and I stopped it immediately after. So... <laughs> um, there's a nice scene. So there was something a while ago, a week or two ago, about um, Grantly teaching Janice some stuff. Yes. For her to become a teacher, question mark? To finish degree work? Yeah. To finish levels? Well, I only mention this because there's a nice little gag where Janice thinks Shakespeare's a series like Harry Potter. <laughs> 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 that Hamlet's going to pop up in Macbeth. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'll, I'll put some money... the groundwork for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I will put <laughs> some money on one of Apple TV or Prime Video probably working on that idea. <laughs> yes. Yes, I think so. Um, so the first thing Ruby did on receiving this email from her boss, was to print out the email, to which I've just read, OK, Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> How else can I display this to people? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's mad, because you want to say, oh, it was a decade ago, you know. But the whole premise of the episode is someone sending emails from a phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ruby is not She looks like how to use a phone, no. to be fair. She is absolutely the one who would print off an email. Yeah. Um... So she goes to see Grantley because this is Union Rep Grantley. Yes, back but then, in action, Red Grantley. But then he also goes, "I'll oh, contact." So like, he doesn't actually have any power here. He's just the guy you go speak to. I know a guy about a union. So, but he's the union rep for the school, isn't he? As okay. opposed to, uh, is it Anna, who I assume is sort of like the area union? I don't know how it works. No, I don't either. I've never been in a union. You get freelance unions. I'm not in one. Okay. <laughs> there may or may not be one. Well, you just Tory. <laughs> um, I'm not in one either. No. Uh, <laughs> I just love how the union is such an abstract term in this. Just the union. The union. Yeah. They have the, all, all the power, and then they have this very weird thing where he goes, oh, "I'll go see the union about this." Yeah. Leaves, and the next scene stitches immediately into him coming into the same. Mm. It's I don't think they've ever done that before. Yeah. Stitch one storyline immediately with yeah. you thought they'd go off and do something else, but no, he just goes back to back. Yeah. With his full yeah. union backing. And we see him go into Karen, and you know he's got full union backing because he's got his hands on his lapels as he's speaking. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Delightful. In, like, in prestige dramas, what they normally do is they'll do like an, an offshoot episode where they just focus on this concept that they've talked about for a while. Mm. and they do it, So it's like... Um, a bit like Game of Thrones used to do it through flashbacks, but you know how you learn how, who Jon Snow's parents were. Sure. Um, Lost do it a few times they go back in time to understand the law and stuff like that Stranger Things have the controversial episode in series 2 where they just sod off to somewhere else and do it about a group of teen- other teenagers I can't wait for the union episode of this like <laughs> series episode series 7 episode 13 it's just the union episode <laughs> and, like, none of our main cast are in it but they're just talking about what's happening at Waterloo Road um, so I was very confused in this scene 
Because Karen, instead of just saying, well, I obviously didn't send that email, she just goes, like, combative with Yeah, <laughs> because the plot would immediately fall... Yeah. Because it makes logical sense that one of these emails would go to a teacher and one of the teachers would confront Karen about it. Yeah. That makes sense. But the only way it can continue for another 45 bloody minutes <laughs> is if Karen just goes, well, I think you are rubbish, Ruby. Yes. And then goes... I had wine last night. And not one, she has it printed there. It will have a timestamp of when the email was received. This yeah. is just outrageous behaviour. Because the whole thing is Karen thinks, because she was doing some work emails last night after she'd had a few glasses of wine, and so she's like, I can't categorically say I didn't send it. But as you said, it's all time, emails have a timestamp. It's not a timestamp. And it was just, and it would immediately prove that oh, that happened in the lesson when Harry was in your class and when I was here, not by my computer. Yes. But no, we should have to carry on with this ridiculous premise. <laughs> so, uh, Harry goes to talk to Karen, but Karen doesn't want to talk to him about his dad. Um, and then we see that the dad has emailed saying he now has other plans and he can't see Harry. I thought the story was going to be that basically Karen was protecting Harry from Charlie not really sort of caring. Like Mika and Chloe and their dad. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was going to be like that, but that's just not it. No, he, that's, he, that's literally, not it. he literally made up a plan, so this literally just means nothing. <laughs> no, it's literally Karen is concealing his father from him yeah. until he gets better grades. So Harry is now in a class with Grantley. And he's still a full 14 years younger than every yeah. other boy in that classroom. He is, he is. I, I, I like being seen because Harry's having my experience of puberty. <laughs> There's a nice little bit before that where Grantley says the phrase, that's the power of the union for you. And I just thought he was going to go into Billy Bragg. <laughs> I really did. I thought he was going to go for it. Um, so Grantley makes a comment to Harry about how, you know, he's got one over on his mum or something. And then Harry says, oh, you know, uh, she always talks about you staff. Um, she told me about the emails she's sending out and he's always talk- she's always talking about you lot and she- you're a troublemaker and of course Grantley then goes oh this is all very exciting yeah because I hear the unions act a lot on the hearsay of a 14 year old boy they do they do that's um, how we brought down Thatcher I think so yeah then we get the scene where Karen's telling Chris about the wine and that she might have sent the email um, and Chris says, so things are tough at home. Oh, you caught it as well. I love it. <laughs> things are tough at home, Karen. I, I know something you can turn to. Yeah, the world just stopped for a minute when they said that. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. How old are you? Um, so <laughs> Karen now wants Chris to have a word with Harry because Harry has been deprived of a male voice. Now, why is that, Karen? <laughs> <laughs> She's so close so many times to putting things together. Karen is a joke of a character, of a head teacher. I just, you know, I can't watch the show anymore. I quit. <laughs> so, Grantley's on the phone with Anna from the union. Janice sees Grantley on the phone and for some reason assumes that means he's dating Ruby. Even though she's seen... This is the second look Janice has done previously having seen those two together. So she's going, yeah. oh, they're, they're now speaking on the phone during <laughs> lessons. Interesting, what a pair of teenagers. Um, so there, Janice says this to Ruby, and that starts Ruby worrying about Grantley possibly being into her. So, Harry is then being awful in Cheska's class, to the point that even Finn's like, simmer down. <laughs> <laughs> 
Here's the other thing. The, the, the thing I couldn't get out of my head through the scene, right? Harry, Finn was like, you haven't even got a jacket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Finn's swapped to a bad boy um, jumper now, isn't he? Well, he's go. gone. He's gone. Because George Samson's got custody. Oh, he's he's got the bad boy jacket. <laughs> Finn now wears the the the, the recovering bad boy yes. jumper. Yes. Um, when she says, "Can you read, please?" While you have a children, yeah. She touches his arm. Right. Again, if I was having an affair with one of my students, going near any of them, <laughs> and that's why I thought, because I thought that was going to feed into what Harry was going to email her, yeah. right? Because he sees it's very. I feel like you would use the word pregnant. It's like a pause. Why would I? The word you, you say the word pregnant pause more times than it's ever been recorded in human history. I, I've not noticed that about I, myself. I might not know how turnt works, <laughs> but at least I've said it less than you say pregnant pause. Okay. Uh, I'm prepared to accept but that it's as like a flaw. She does. She has a pregnant stroke of this boy's arm. I don't feel like you do a pregnant stroke. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with it. Um, <laughs> it's turnt. And then... <laughs> <laughs> then he sends the email. So I expected the email to have something about inappropriately yeah. interacting with students. But to Cheska's credit, the one thing we always said about Chris Mead was that if we had done something like Chris had done, we would assume that everything was about that. Yes. Because we wouldn't be able to get it out of our heads. And to Cheska's credit, when she receives that email about a serious matter, she goes, this must be about the fact I've had sex with a child. Yeah, it, but it doesn't stop the shag me eyes <laughs> or the actual kissing on school grounds. It does stop the actual kissing on school grounds for like... A, a minute. A few hours, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Chris goes to talk to Harry... Harry's not happy about the fact that his mum has sent Chris instead of going herself, which is, I feel quite reasonable. Yes. <laughs> uh, Chris's solution is, come and do the business and enterprise oh. initiative. Um, meanwhile, there's a feminist rebellion brewing. Oh, yeah, I hate those. Business and enterprise <laughs> That's <day>. a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, it doesn't come to as much as I thought it would. When they sort of established, because when they when Chris first mentions the day, Adana makes a comment about excluding the girls mm. from it, even that's the point of uh, the, the segregation. Um, but, Stop <laughs> segregation. But then Adana sort of stokes the feminist rebellion a little bit, and I thought there was going to be more to this storyline than where it ultimately goes. Yeah, the thing is, is like what I can't imagine at all is the idea that they wouldn't do a version for both. Because there's no reason why this only works for the boys. Absolutely. It would, yeah. They just go, okay, we'll do one one week, one the next yeah. week. That's just... Yeah. But from a pure storytelling perspective, surely the only reason to do this is if the girls are going to win the Enterprise Day. Yes. Surely. And I, surely. I asked some questions about the Enterprise Day. Okay. Have well, you got the same note that I have? I don't know. We'll get that. The poster... Oh, I haven't got this, no. ...says, have you got what takes... You can go back, you can screenshot it when the girls are talking in front of it. It says, have you got what it takes? Well, well, have you? Who knows? No one knows what it means. Have you got what it takes? I need to find this on my phone right now so I can prove myself correct. And if I'm not correct, we can leave it in and everyone can see me humbled. <laughs> You've already been humbled on turns in the last hour. <laughs> this is what happens when we try to back up what we say. <laughs> Usually we just say things and don't research yeah, them. We're better just making wild assertions, I think. Yeah, I've always said it. <laughs> Have you got what takes? Yeah, it does say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
that's just embarrassing, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not good, is it? I hope sorry the props department got fired for that. <laughs> and they just put it so prominently. Even the cameraman is just there. like, these kids who are not, they're not young people. They can read. Just go, yeah, have you got what it takes? Yeah, surely someone should have gone. Yeah. Can we just reprint that? I, <laughs> Ruby knows how to use a printer. Yeah, yeah take care of that. Email it to us and print it straight off. <laughs> have you got what takes? Have you got what takes? They could call that. You could have a podcast stuff that, couldn't you? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's looking good for the episode title. So. <laughs> um, the, the girls are talking about their the Enterprise feminist rebellion in Tom's class, and Tom just yells at them. <laughs> Tom at that point becomes all men over sixty. <laughs> yes. Women talking about business. This cannot, I said be quiet. This cannot stand. <laughs> so the business guy, Han, turns up at the school in a Mercedes. Um, George Sampson offers to pr- protect it for a tenner, to which the businessman says, how about instead I hold you liable for any damage done to it? And that is a binding contract, apparently, for reasons. Pl- and then he says... Pleasure doing business with you. Because he's a businessman. <laughs> business. <laughs> you just got out businessed. <laughs> I would have kicked his windows in. <laughs> you look down my notes. I've just periodically written the word business in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> and then he spends the rest of the day just stalking around, unbuttoning and rebuttoning his jacket. Chris's big solution to save Harry is to sit him next to George Sampson. Yes, that's what will do it. Yeah, because he needs a strong, positive male influence. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cheska's printed the email out. They're all at it. Here's the thing. <laughs> like, she has to go, oh, this must be about this. Yeah. But she can't then think, yeah, if they found out I was having sex with a child, they'd definitely leave me here till the end of the day. Yes. Yeah. Having just <laughs> sent an email saying, don't... Come immediately to see me. Ruby's email says, like, come immediately because yeah, yeah. you're a bad teacher. This one is she's like, just like, oh, God. Oh, you know, I found out what you're doing, but... Yeah, but, you know, spend, spend a few un- a few other hours unaccompanied around school children, yeah. and then we'll deal with you afterwards. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, she thinks that Jonah has told someone and that she's been stupid, which she has, um, and shouldn't be doing this. Um... Ruby and Grantley have gone for their lunch together. Where? In what time? A school lunch break was like 40, 50 minutes. It was not long enough to have a sit-down meal in a pub, was it? No, outrageous behaviour. You know, even if the pub is like five minutes away, you're still leaving like half an hour. Exactly, cause yeah, it's, it's the five the minutes there. the whole process of ordering, eating. And you had, they had to pay with cash back then as well. It's a yeah. nightmare. <laughs> Gosh. Cash in their hands, printed out emails, mm. filling their bags. I don't recognise this world. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Ruby is doing this all through the prism of now thinking that Grantley fancies her. So she keeps bringing up John. Um, she talks about Datchers a lot. Oh, um, she loves a Datcher. <laughs> Tom is moaning to Cheska about Karen. And then somehow that turns into him being angry and yelling again. Uh, Grantley and Ruby are like having some fun banter about how they'd never work in a relationship. Oh, he... Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, because that's Um, not where it's going at all, (laughs) is it? So, George Sampson, his idea for the business day is to go and extort Finn and Josh's idea from them and And then steal it. He's not a smart boy, is he? He's not, because he goes over 
and they just give him the idea and he goes, that's definitely their real one. <laughs> there is no way I'm being a hat like, here. No one is so stupid that they think let's recycle piss into the school like canteen is the legitimate idea. Yes. What you don't understand is that George Sampson is a chav. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. I can't wait to discover his dad. Imagine being outsmarted by Finn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But he's into he's into his recovery, uh, yeah, he's recovery got his jumper. Recovery jumper, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, there's a, a brief bit of Jess meeting Hodge, but there's more of that later. So we'll talk about that then. Um, businessman Han. Um, so they're they're starting the pitches, and Chris like tries to applaud the first pitch, and Han is like, "Why are you applauding? The only clap we need is a yes and a signature on a contract." Pleasure doing business with you. Business. <laughs> <laughs> so, George Sampson presents this idea about recycling sewage. Uh, and, and Han obviously hasn't done many supportive days with school children. Because he basically He's just goes, brute. that's crap. <laughs> and you're feeding it to us. Yeah. Um, um, and so then Kyle starts like squaring up to Finn or whatever. And then um, Tom, who's been getting increasingly agitated by the noise in the room, pushes Kyle onto the floor and he dramatically slides along the wooden flooring. <laughs> and then he immediately spins on his head. Was it raining in here? <laughs> the thing I feel so, a little bit sad about for... Um, uh, George Sampson is that performance he did when Whimsical Talent has been immediately overshadowed by Tom Holland's performance on Lip Sync Battles. <laughs> Hasn't it just? If you're thinking of White Boy doing flips in yeah. the rain, you're thinking Tom Holland. Yeah. Yeah. But can, can we just talk about, like, someone had watched Kill Bill the week they filmed this, hadn't they? Because Tom's, like, Vietnam style, like, flashbacks, mm. and apparently it's just so strange. Well, they even do a bit where, like, Karen's trying to, like, talk him down, and he almost turns around and attacks her as well. See, I, I'm not sure if I was watching at that point, because when Karen said, like, for a moment, I thought you'd turn on me, I was like, Karen, don't make everything about you today. <laughs> so, Tom's, like, frantically apologising, and they're in Karen's office, and Karen says, oh, you know, I think you need to get help, whatever. And Tom just goes, what? A shrink? <laughs> Me, a man. <laughs> and then what does Karen say? I was 17 and things were tough at home. No. She talks about whether Kyle's mum might press charges. Yes, I've got in big block letters, Kyle's mother can't press charges. It's... It's tough. I was it's just what, I, saddening now, whatever they say. I was re-watching um, Sex Education, actually, and they used that, but I swear Sex Education kind of gets away with it because it's like it's an amorphous blob yeah, of... it's like a weird hybrid. ...American-British yeah. teen culture, something like yeah. that. In the same episode where they have the nasal spray that I use, <laughs> they then have someone compressed charges, and I'm like, this is all over the place. <laughs> I don't know where I am anymore. <laughs> what year is it? Um... Yes. But just someone checked. We checked it the first time they mentioned it. Yes. But they just went to 10 years they wrote this show. Yeah. If it comes up in series 11, honestly, I'm going to drive up to Rochdale. I'm going to throw hands. <laughs> well, better make sure no one presses charge. <laughs> yeah. so. It will be turned. <laughs> I really don't want that to become a thing. <laughs> 
It'll be, I, I'll forget it by the next episode, so it'll be fine. Um, Every time we've ever mentioned a running joke that wasn't Datcher John, it's ever met, like, lived outside the episode. Yeah, if it's not Datcher John or Dante Kill the Child, it hasn't, <laughs> hasn't stood the test of time. Um, so, uh, Jess is at this, at this date with Hodge. They're having a fancy meal. Um, and Hodge just keeps asking Jess questions about Bex. Why? I'm not clear. Because he knows all of this information. Yeah, I don't... I'm not sure. Sure. The only... So the only the only thing that could happen is that it's going to make Jess suspicious, surely. Yeah. See, I thought... Again, this episode is just a whole lot of roads to nowhere. Because they're in this fancy Manchester restaurant. They're eating. And I was like, oh, Cheska and Jonah absolutely go there at the end of the day. And then I could complain about how long... Hodges and Jess's lunch was yes. but that doesn't happen it just goes nowhere I like that you book in your complaints I was like because I was in ready about 20 minutes or so I'm going to be able to write a really scathing note <laughs> <laughs> oh if you thought the flick melon material was yeah. spicy um, so Nate Josh and Finn are pitching study base I'm not clear what study base is it's got a good name though isn't it study base feels real yeah sure um so the girls burst in, um, and Chris is like, you'll have to leave. This is just for the boys. And then business hand says, well, they've got my attention. <laughs> Pleasure doing business with you girls. Um, so Kyle's been sent to the cooler after the altercation with Tom. And when Karen goes in to talk to him, he's all like hot about this. And then Karen says, you did try to kill my daughter with a dog. Karen... <laughs> <laughs> Karen God like even the lighting they, she godfathers this she does blackmail a child into letting a teacher off the hook doesn't she, she? yeah it's like you, at the end of the day she finds a dog's head in his bed <laughs> so yeah Jonah tries to convince Cheska that he hasn't told anyone about them um, and she's like oh you know you have to remember that I'm this is my job this is my career Jonah she could have remembered that <laughs> well at some point, you would have thought. I just, I just love the fact. And, well, do you know why she didn't? Why? Because she kept her socks on. Oh uh, yeah. If she'd taken the time. If you take the time, exactly. <laughs> in the heat. How many times do we have to say it? <laughs> Consideration happens in taking the socks off. It's an unsexy experience. It makes you think clearly. Did we learn nothing from Braspinal? The. <laughs> Like, I just love the fact that Cheska can't believe she's had sex with a 17-year-old and he's going to be clingy and there's going to be consequences. Yeah. I mean, you're 17 and you have probably, on balance, just had sex for the first time with the most attractive woman you will ever be with in your yeah. entire life. Yeah. There's no chance you handle that coolly. <laughs> no, well, absolutely not. No. Um, so, <laughs> there's a great Chris moment <laughs> where Chris is angry that he has been become Mr. Segregation. <laughs> Which, admittedly, not a title I'd put on a business card. <laughs> I believe... You have to remind me who says it. But at some point in this region, someone uses the actual quote, a shining example of segregation and action. <laughs> no one in the writer's room had a are we the baddies moment <laughs> no, about that. No. Just say single sex. <laughs> I know it's a few extra words, but, like, as someone who writes these letters for a living, people always say less words is better. Yeah. No, clearer meaning is yeah. better. And if it yeah. takes you two extra words, so ten years down the line, people are going, why are they pro-segregation on this BBC TV show? Um, so Harry has sent a message to uh, Chris pretending to be Karen, um, saying, I'm really disappointed with the way you've handled today. Chris immediately confronts Karen, 
And then Cheska also confronts her at the same time. And Anna from the Union turns up and also confronts her at the same time. Ah, it's all my chickens coming yeah, home yeah. to roost. Yeah, it's a very good little moment. And then Karen finally says, do you really think I sent these emails? <laughs> Yeah, and then just, Karen, say this 30 minutes yeah. earlier. Yeah. When you were given a chance to deny it, you didn't deny it. Yeah. So you, this is all your own doing. Yeah. Um, she's like, oh, I thought I had, you know, mutual respect from all of you staff members, but clearly I don't. Yeah, this morning when I, when I openly suggested I did send this email <laughs> to you, I thought you'd know I was testing you. Yeah. Um, when the girls are presenting their dating app, yeah. they put Mr Mead on there with a school child and Karen does not make a joke. <laughs> There's not even a little cut to someone just side eyeing. <laughs> I I cannot work in a school that's that humorless. <laughs> um, yeah, so study base wins. Uh, we get a revival of the Who Are You chant. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> it's been a few series, I think. I think it has, that. but I suppose it's the, the you know, those boys make up the football team and Tom instructs them all in the same way. <laughs> yes, they play with a sweeper, they, yeah. they yell, Who Are You? Yeah, that's it. There's only, only two facets to his training sessions. <laughs> Um, so uh, Harry has confided in Sam about what he's done with the phone Um, I went full Obi-Wan Kenobi at this point I started screaming you were supposed to you were supposed to be the best of us you were supposed to destroy the Sith not join them so Sam takes the phone from Harry and then Karen says she wants a bag search this is so Ocean's 8 and Sam has put the phone in Amy's bag and you know what I was in favour of it. Yeah. <laughs> Sonic, Amy has faced no consequences. Yeah. Um, Sam has to dole, dole out her own justice. I liked as well, it kept cutting to Sam and she was doing a slightly smug face. <laughs> as if to say, I kind of know this is wrong, but it feels sweet. What's fascinating though, is this, like, after all of this episode, we finally get to have a discussion about who is the bad guy. Turns out it's Sam. <laughs> Sam, who was wronged and faced punishment, yeah. the person who did the wronging faced no punishment, and suddenly Sam's the bad guy at the end yeah. of this episode. Um, so Harry's upset with Sam that she stitched up Amy. He goes to own up to he, his mom. And Harry becomes the hero. This is unbelievable. Harry becomes the hero. Um, he yells at her about, you only talk about work, and you won't let me see my dad, fair comment. <laughs> Uh, Karen says, oh, you know, as your teacher, I've got to punish you, but as your mum, I'm sorry. For not listening to you and for being a rubbish mum, I miss your dad too. And then they reconcile and they're going to go and have a pizza. She always, to, to be fair, she's from my school of parenting, which is any evening is an excuse for a takeaway. Yeah. Fish and chips, pizza, it's all, it all yeah. works. Yeah, like Jess has gone out. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have a pizza. So uh, Tom apologises to Karen for the way he's acted that day. She says counselling will help him. He's not very keen on counselling because he's a man. And men be not getting counselling. But that's, yeah, that's true. The most, the most recent thing that's happened in this episode yes. is that a man has rejected the idea of counselling. Um, Sam apologises to Amy, who also apologises. Everyone is apologising. Oh, thank God. By my count, in the last three minutes of screen time, that's Harry, Karen, Tom, Sam and Amy. Well, let's all just go sing Kumbaya at the campfire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris then talks to Karen. He apologises. Um... <laughs> He's worried that the segregation was a mistake. Oh, thank you, Martin Luther. But Karen says, no, we'll keep at it, but we'll have head boy and girl elections to unify the two sides? You created the two sides. Head boy, this is just reheated Trenomanism. Yes. It's just... It's I... just Trenomanism. Yeah. 
um, Sam goes outside and Finn is like with Denzel and Finn says that he's now Denzel's mentor and he's spoken to Karen about it. When did he in speak what, to Karen? In what time? <laughs> in what space? Karen is far too busy being apologised to and or apologising right. to speak to anyone, even if they're in a jumper of recovery. I just... I, I, can't, I Just shut up. <laughs> this show is horrible. Um... So, Cheska and Jonah. This scene, this scene is written by an 18-year-old boy. So, now that they've established that uh, Karen doesn't know, they they just openly start kissing at the school and they get it on in Janice's revenge cupboard. (laughs) (laughs) And then, oh, look, this thing used to tie someone up is here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it would be rude not to. (laughs) My tools. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this whole thing is written by an eighteen-year-old. Yeah, she she gets away with being a sex offender by the skin of her teeth. You, you see me pause to not say the word you'd cut out there. Um, <laughs> she gets away with being a sex offender, and then she goes, "I'm going to celebrate by kissing you in the classroom with the blinds open." There's nothing like celebrating not being discovered as a sex offender, like committing a sex offence. <laughs> I was just uh, I was almost distracted from the offensiveness of the scene because it was Janice's vengeance cut. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh I remember that cut. That's where Tramline came. <laughs> the original bad boy was, with a jacket. Yeah, he was gonna cut Dante up. <laughs> Those were the days. Um so back at the fancy Manchester place, um Jess and Hodge are like, Oh, what should we do next? And Hodge goes, Well, it is a hotel. Um, and so he goes off with Jess to the strains of an Ian Brown song. Okay. So, uh, Hodge is going for the uh, Brett Aspinall trilogy. Both sisters. Lover of the dad. <laughs> After this, we'll be driving down to London to go with Maria. <laughs> Next time trailer. I don't feel like we treat these scenes... The, the show does not treat these scenes as malevolent as they are. Because he is, he is an older man manipulating a young girl who's well, still a young girl. Yeah, well, the, the, the previous incarnation of this was the Janice stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And I remember how, like, malevolent that episode felt. Yeah, yeah, it felt... But it, this it is just like... really dangerous oh, and scary. Oh, these two have chemistry. These two are falling in love. Yeah. And it's going to be a portrayal of Jess when it... And it's like... But no, because then as we see in the next time trailer, what is about to happen in there is a sex crime. Yes. He's about to commit crime. Yeah. But it's just kind of like... Oh poor Jess, she's not. She's just. Oh, she's gonna be nice. This guy is with men. She right? has, I know. It's just, oh so sad. But I know this. This is. These are all crimes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. This it's... show is not harsh enough on crimes. No, sorry, sorry to be that kind of Blair, right? But <laughs> it is not tough on crime. It's not tough on the causes of crime, <laughs> which in this episode is exclusively thirty-year-olds <laughs> having an affair with a child. Yeah. Um, next time trailer we've got a retro DVD sex tape again fantastic it's not fantastic <laughs> well, no, because <laughs> depends on your perspective I no, because the stakes are I snap the disc <laughs> yes. I mean I think someone with the criminal mind of Hodge would have copies I mean he we then see he knows how to use a printer as well which is more he than does. Helen ever did he does um, yeah so there's a whole thing uh, Hodge basically says to Bex I'll leave Jess alone if you come back to me. Um, meanwhile, Jonah doesn't want to be Cheska's dirty little secret anymore. 
Um, and it's been it's been like a week. And Chris hates segregation now. Well, I feel like he should have been out like that from the start. I feel like he, I, I imagine Karen has handed him a box of business cards with Mister Segregation. <laughs> He, no, he's just watched a history documentary and gone, hang on a minute. <laughs> I have learned that segregation might be a bad thing. I also now know the meaning of the word turnt. <laughs> the segregationists were the bad guys. I don't want to be Mr. Segregation anymore. Oh God! Not a good episode. I'm gonna. A, I'm just a horrendous episode of television. I'm just gonna put that out there. It's not it's good. It's just. It's just not interesting. It's no. not exciting. No. And then the bits where some kind of drama happens, it's all just reeked in disgust. Yeah. Because it's all criminal. Yeah. And like, again, I don't believe. Why is Jonah in everything but like his actual age a forty-year-old man? <laughs> I don't want to be your dirty little secret anymore. Do you remember when there were, like, nice, wholesome relationships in this show? Yeah. like it makes... all, At the moment, they're all illegal and horrible. <laughs> and they like, I just... There's no commentary on it. It's like, are we supposed to root for... Like, it feels like we should be rooting for Jonah and Cheska. The show is not colouring this as a bad thing. No, the show is not colouring it as a bad thing. Whereas with Chris and Jess, it was all the consequences of a bad thing. Yeah, because the first thing we learn about it is... Because we see that all from Chris's perspective... We learn who she is at the same time he does yeah. and experience the horror with him as he realizes yeah. what's Whereas happening. now we have known Jonah for 10, 10 weeks. We go, oh, he's not like the other boys. So this is, this is no wonder she's fallen for him. When when the, the only other alternative was Tom. <laughs> and his purple date sweater. <laughs> he needs a recovery sweater after that one. He does. He does. Um, yeah, not good. Hopefully next week is better for our sake more than anything I don't else. think so. There's... At least, at least, the the Hodge storyline is going to take a step forward. Yeah, but I feel like the show is going to be like, well, Hodge actually is in the right here. <laughs> yeah, actually, if you think about it, uh, there's a fifty fifty chance that he that it's just like, yeah, Hodge, he's a good guy. Good guy. He's probably going to be working in the kitchens. The it's, like, it's like Fast, and, it's like Fast and Furious. The bad guy in yeah. one is always the good guy in the next. He's a bold guy. Fantastic. <laughs> Play out song. There's a CD Ian Brown song, or there's there was this sort of landfill indie thing from early in the episode. We didn't talk about it because it wasn't relevant or interesting. It's all landfill indie. What happened to the music Waterloo Road? Come on. It was always landfill indie. It was just landfill indie we liked. That's true. <laughs> and not fair by Lily Allen. Those yeah. were the days. What, what's happened is it's just slightly dropped out of our age bracket. Yeah, but you still watched it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Maybe this is like, you know, like for the younger people who listen to the podcast, this is like their Don't Look Back Into The Sun, yeah. isn't it? <laughs>